This week on the uh, Sing Second Podcast, we're going to start us off with a little quote. Uh, it's a famous quote from a great baseball movie franchise of Major League. Okay, we won a game yesterday. If we win a game today, it's called two in a row. And if we win again tomorrow, it's called a winning streak. It's happened before. Well, we haven't quite made it three weeks in a row for the old podcast in a long, long time. So hopefully next week we get a third podcast in a row. Uh, before we jump too far ahead into that on tonight's podcast, we got another special for you. Uh, it is Wednesday when we record this, and so the first round of the NFL draft takes place tomorrow. Um, for a lot of people, it's a it's a national holiday, and so uh, we thought we we had to get this one in before the first round draft. Uh, but before we jump into that, make sure you grab your Nebraska Land sponsored snacks and drinks because this is going to be a fun information-filled, jam-packed, full of reactions. Danny. Reactions. Wouldn't they be pre-actions? Pre-actions. Oh, gotcha. That's, that's, that's good. That's good, Kyle. That's good. I didn't think of that. Uh, Danny, what's good? Well, hey, I my Nebraska land koozie is sitting right here from the last time we recorded. So I'm going to try using that. It's been a while. Um. What's good is that uh, it's almost May. Soccer season is coming to an end. I've, I've used that as an excuse to uh, not be recording these episodes. But then we've got Kyle here, here who has, you know, four days into having a new baby. He's he's here, bright-eyed and cheery. Whoa, so. don't, don't bury the lead here, man. Oh, were you going to use that? Was that going to be your what's good? <laughs> no, why would it be? <laughs> oh. Okay, so we're good then? Yeah, I'm good. I don't know. I, this is probably the most, like, subdued intro that I've ever heard. Like, Andy just doesn't start it with the uh, welcome back or we're back or anything. He's just like – It sounds like, like Andy a, used a different voice or something just now. Yeah, like was, he, was that a character just, or – it was the start of an NPR radio broadcast, it well, seemed like. There for a while, it might be the lack of a character. Because I've I've done so many dumb voices to start a podcast. It might be the lack of a character for once. Oh, geez. And then and then we don't even build up the, the triumphant return of Danny J. Whitney back in the back in the saddle again. Geez. We thought this was a three-man pod for for the longest time. Hello, world. Yep. Life life is a, is a head coach, huh? I mean, it feels like football season is on the brink again because of the draft. It is, but don't don't be skipping right. over the, the best three months of a teacher's year, which is summer. You can't be saying football's over to make makes or football's beginning makes me think that August is just right around the corner. There's there's enough little tidbits and stuff over the summer that I can be excited, but when Andy sent the emails talking about whatever the other football is going on right now, that didn't excite me very much. But when I saw NFL draft, that got me here where I'm at right now, sitting on Zoom with you fellas. Yeah, I, I think the only people who uh, get that excited about the NFL draft is are people who had teams bad enough to actually have a draft pick yep. that matters. So it's only uh, one pick I care about too, but. Yeah. Uh, no, if uh, 
if you guys don't mind, I'll uh, I'll share some some good news here. I I actually announced on the pod uh, the the sex of of the baby that I was I was going to have. The the seeing second listeners were uh, some of the first people that got to know that and uh, had a pretty exciting weekend. I, I had a, a personal day planned for Monday. Had a little. Penny's Diner breakfast on the docket. I had maybe a little round of golf planned, and my my wife surprised me by telling me at about midnight on Sunday that uh, we needed to go to the hospital. And about two and a half hours later, our our second son was born, and uh, I got a little bit of an extended break here, spending some some time with my with my family, which is now up to four people now. So uh, welcome to the world. Not only Danny from being back from, from the dead on the podcast, but uh, like for real, welcome to the world. Uh, Mateo, new son. Now, Kyle, I feel like we didn't do Mateo justice time. One of the podcast members had a child. We did a live look in from, from the hospital. And so I feel like Mateo has been cheated. Yeah, that's a shout I, out to Paige right there. Yeah, I we I guess we could have done this a few few days earlier, but luckily I did not have a very long hospital stay. Everything checked out really well, and we didn't have to do that. And so, uh, trust me, I'm I'm much more comfortable doing this in the comfort of my own house uh, with with Mateo by my side. This is technically a, a five five man pod right now, so. Uh, <laughs> The room is, is the room is when crowded. you have a child and you first start actually saying the name out loud to other people does it seem awkward at first like they, you're actually verbalizing the name out yeah. into the world and especially because my wife and i had a like we wanted names of like ones that we haven't heard a lot uh and so like i've been teaching for a handful of years now and i never had a leo and I, i've never had a mateo but because Mateo is is kind of uh, a little bit different in terms of name, like as soon as I tell people that, I'm always like, especially if I tell them in person, I'm always judging their reactions to see what they think of of the name that I, that I've chosen or that we've chosen. So uh, I've had to <laughs> I've had to like spell it out phonetically for some people because uh, it's not a name that a lot of people know or have heard of, especially uh, back home. So I've had to spell it out phonetically so they kind of know what it is. But uh, yeah, it, it takes some getting used to, but uh, it's, it's, it's a name that I'm proud of. You know, the only other Mateo I've heard of, actually, I've heard of two Mateos. I told you the one, Lionel Messi has a son named Mateo. So he's he's got a soccer future. Yeah, but then there there was a show that my daughter used to watch when she was little, little, and there was a Mateo character, but she couldn't say Mateo. She would always say potato. <laughs> so I apologize to to your entire family, but every time I hear Mateo, I think potato now. <laughs> well, Alice is probably just about the perfect age that uh, she can probably babysit it sometime in the future, and I'll yeah. be com- I'll be completely fine if she just calls my kid potato for the rest oh. of his life more importantly every time i hear a uh, a baby and mom are, are happy and healthy that that makes me happy so 
an actual congratulations to to the Milton family. Yeah, and you're, aren't it. you actually aren't you a family of five? There's one other you you haven't mentioned yet. Yep. So probably roaming around there somewhere. Actually, no, because we knew the the beast that is Archie would probably not be able to to control himself around a, a newborn baby boy. Uh, Archie got shipped out for a couple of weeks or maybe a month up to my parents. So uh, we could get one kid settled in before we do bring the house back to uh, back to Aurora when, when Archie comes back. So he, he took a little vacation up North, but I'm excited we, to, to have him around. Do you think you'll do like the, like they say, there's certain things you're supposed to do when you have a new baby and a dog, as far as like their first meeting and stuff. Are you just yeah. gonna Archie? <laughs> just jump all over there. him. Yeah. No, I'll try to just do what I always see in the movies, where they like take the baby's blanket and let him sm smell and sniff around and and stuff like that. But uh, my dad claims to be some sort of a dog whisperer, so I'm hoping Archie comes back uh, a more well-behaved human being. So. Excellent. But. Uh, enough of the, uh, I guess, the, the self-centered talk around me and uh, my family. Brandon, what's good with you? I'm trying to think of a few things. Uh, tonight, Vinny Velasquez is pitching for the Phillies, so that's definitely no good. Uh, tomorrow, the Eagles are drafting with Howie Roseman in charge, so that's not really good either. <laughs> it's kind of hard to think of anything. Probably the what's good here, I guess. We completed the grueling season of the Peterson Air Hockey League for the quest for that belt that went on for 10 weeks with a few bye weeks in there. And uh, Madeline came out victorious, won the belt. Yeah. She was pretty excited. <laughs> so it came down I to – me and her in, uh, in the final, and she won seven to five. It was a shootout, and just I couldn't stop anything, and uh, she made just enough stops to win it. So she had the belt, and, like, she was hanging it up in her room afterwards, and you could hear her downstairs. It's air hockey champion. Like, she was pretty excited about it. So that was kind of fun. That's my what's good. Well, Don't you, know, you love it Brandon. when the when the crowd favorite and the and the hero and the one that everyone wants to win, obviously, one with the personality, the flair, just really the hero to everyone when they when they do win it. That's just very exciting. Exactly, and I will add one other thing. When during the final minute or so, when it said one minute left, uh, full court or you know the half court uh, <laughs> offense came back in I tried to I pulled the goalie went up front just like any hockey situation in the history of the world would know and uh instead of it getting her in her psyche uh, she just she played a little tough defense and and closed it out right there so she didn't even let that intimidate her so, so you, you waited till the last minute to cheat <laughs> I I followed proper hockey protocol as uh, used in any league. Pretty sure the Mighty Ducks even pulled 
Goldberg a few times. And, uh, so they didn't pull Goldberg. They switched Goldberg out with Russ Tyler, exactly. and Russ Tyler skated up in the Goldberg uniform, uh, got the stick swapped out, and did his knuckle puck to tie it in the last second against Iceland. Like, I honestly don't know if Goldberg ever got pulled. He just they, – they swapped him out. That, the no, the man, fact it, that without missing a beat, you knew the exact guy who hit it was amazing. Well, the stuff that the stuff that Kyle spends his time watching not only once but like multiple times just it amazes so, me. A couple. I of would things. like to have a whole podcast just going through Kyle's like watching habits. Like that would have been something that I could have told you at any point past probably my 12th birthday because I'll say a lot of movies are in my top 10 like I'll probably have 25 movies in my top 10 but the D2 Mighty Ducks movie is definitely in my top 10 movies of all time that being said I did just watch the the Mighty Ducks trilogy probably within the last two weeks Uh, so it it was really really fresh from my mind but that that's a movie that I can quote start to finish I watched all three just because of that show coming on. Um, Yeah, I watched episode one of that. That's kind of what got me in the mood to watch them. Same here. That was going to be my question. If you, if this had anything to do with the, give me a little synopsis of what what the this new thing is all about. Yeah, I'm a I'm a little nervous, but the first episode actually ended up being decent, and I haven't. I thought it was something I was going to be able to binge, but they're coming out once a week, kind of like the Marvel shows are. Uh, so I've only seen episode one, but kind of the the synopsis would be that uh, it's going back to the Minnesota Hockey League and the Mighty Ducks, who was in the first movie, like the downtrodden and rundown team, are now the team that's like, making money and just like they're the team that's at the very tip top they have all the best and all the best players all the best like the most money and that sort of thing and so you have these rag this one ragtag kid that is on the team but because his mom uh doesn't send him to a million camps uh he doesn't get cut or he doesn't make the team because uh 11-year-old hockey is for fun, but 12-year-old hockey, that's when things get real. And so uh, his mom didn't like that. And so she's like, we're going to put our own team together. And she was trying to find rink time and couldn't find uh, a hockey rink anywhere until she found this rundown hockey rink that was run by, you guessed it, Gordon Bombay. The Ice Palace. Yep. That's a great character name. Um, that. To me, I thought it was kind of like Disney's answer to like Cobra Kai a little bit, only toned down, you know, not as heavy. And, you know, I, I guess I'm a little disappointed at Minnesota there that they went away from drawing up the districts and now it's just open enrollment across. I mean, there's recruiting on these teams, kids getting jerseys from other kids trying to get them to join and you know, I thought back in the day of the of the original Mighty Ducks, they redrew those division lines, you know, which caused a little controversy. Yeah, and, yeah the, the district line from District 5, that's what 
that's what forced Adam Banks from being a hawk to a duck because the the lake was no longer the boundary. And so uh, had no a cake eater. Yep. Had Gordon Bombay been alive, then Gordon Bombay wouldn't have been a hawk. He would have been a duck. Sounds Which, like the new one is a little more appropriate for modern youth sports. Yeah. I assume there. Yeah, a little bit more realistic. Uh, and somehow this one little hockey league is like somehow determines the the state championship. So I don't know. It was kind of I was I watched it not knowing what to think, and it ended up being all right. And my wife wants to watch it too because uh, Lorelai Gilmore is the mom of this kid that is starting their new hockey team. So uh, that's another reason why I haven't watched more than one episode. It's got a little charm to it. The show's got some charm, some good throwbacks. The first episode, I wasn't overly wowed, but kind of as I kept watching it, you know, I there's some funny parts to it, you know. Andy. What's crackalacking, my friend? Hi, I'm Andy, um, the host, if you would. He's uh, using his normal voice again. <laughs> so uh, when I started the podcast earlier, or not the podcast, but the Zoom, I left all my show notes at the school, and living two or three minutes away from the school is no problem. But Maggie was putting Paige down, and then uh, Kyle, you and Brandon hopped on, and I guess I had it full blast, not thinking anything of it. And so she said she freaked out pretty, pretty hardcore because all of a sudden people were yelling in the background, but you guys are just talking or whatever. But uh, so that's my what's good is the unintentional scare fest that we had on April 28th. Just it's not always a Halloween when uh, you can scare the living daylights out of people. Everybody, everybody good now? I think so. <laughs> I haven't checked. They just, I just got a couple of memes, you know, on the old text. But, uh, right. but no, let's go ahead and jump right in it. And I think, Danny, I, I need to ask you first because a recurring joke theme that we bring up every off season is recruiting talk. And I want to know how you compare recruiting to the NFL draft because in an essence, they are very much the same thing, but at least there's some big time film or big time moments that these guys are playing in before they probably get passed up by the Broncos. But, um, you know, what, how do you take the NFL draft? Here's the difference to me in, in the, in the watching I do of college football, the majority of names that are talked about in the first first round of the NFL draft, at least I'm familiar with. So that to me is how it's different than, than college recruiting. And I really only care about my team and basically only care about the first pick that they make. So I'm, I'm going to say the excitement level of the NFL draft, just because of the production that they do, um, the familiarity with the names, guys that have already seen play, this is a much more exciting and, and a singular event, too, rather than ongoing o- over the weeks. I really do get excited about the NFL draft. I think, can I add something for that real quick? The, to me, the, obviously, the difference of level of talent 
but then recruiting is just this big butt kissing time you know oh come and join us come and play for us oh please please oh we need you all this nfl it's like ring hey you're playing for us i don't care if you like it or not you're gonna you're coming here you know that's it's opposite yeah, yeah because recruiting is is basically college coaches trying to impress the young kids and in the in the nfl draft it's these young kids who have played college football now trying to impress the, the NFL guys. John Gruden at a coaching clinic I was at one time uh, when he was speaking at, at Lincoln. Uh, he was saying how great Nebraska's facilities are. And he said, you know, because here we're, they're trying to bring people in. And he said, we don't have things near this nice in Tampa. But I'm not trying to impress anybody either. He said, they're just happy to be there. It was kind of a funny thing for him to acknowledge with that now brandon i and you kind of hinted at this earlier what's your excitement level with the nfl draft now i know being an eagles fan there's a lot of mixed reactions now i mean how do you approach a year in and year out because it'll have a range of picks from 10 to the late 20s with how they do just with the nfc east and you know they've had a lot of success and a lot of years where they've struggled being a guy who picks mostly in the middle and maybe sometimes still feeling like there's a lot of holes as an Eagles fan, what do you think? As a Eagles fan, it's just heartache and disappointments and everything bad. But as an NFL fan, I love every second of it. I will watch Well, we got, youth soccer Thursday night. So it's kind of a bummer. I mean, fun to watch, but you know, as far as the draft situation, but uh, I, if it was on Thursday, I would watch the whole thing. Friday, I'm watching rounds two and three. Saturday, probably I'll watch, I think I'll probably watch maybe 90% of the draft because there goes like, to me as a NFL fan, there's like this trade-off. It's like a relay. And then the first part is the NFL fan seeing who's impactful and who, how that's going to change the landscape of the league. And then pretty soon that hands off the baton to me, the college football fan of like army and temple and some of these other teams. And then I start watching to see, Oh, some of these people who I've seen uh, play college football, I hope they get picked up by somebody and, and, and hear those good stories for that. So I, I enjoy the whole thing of it. To me, it really is. It's like Christmas in the fact that and we talk about Christmas a lot on this podcast, actually. But, you know, I, I love Christmas, everything about it. Everybody's getting a lot of cool presents. But it would be like Christmas if everybody around me was getting cool stuff and I got garbage. All right. It, that's kind of what it's like. I would be pretty happy for everyone. It's still an exciting time. Myself, I look at my stuff and think, wow, everybody else got way cooler stuff than I did. But I would still enjoy the experience. Now, speaking of other teams that get some pretty cool things, Kyle being a Saints fan, it seems like the Saints win a lot of draft grades, if you would, just because they may pick a little bit outside the box, but they always get some pretty good prospects in in that first couple of rounds. But they still don't win a lot of playoff games. Oh, <laughs> ooh, damn me. 
we're there though, which is more than I could say about the, the Broncos. Uh, actually, I, I would say uh, if you were to grade the Saints drafts like five years after the fact, I think they would have some of the higher grades. But uh, And I guess at this point they have the reputation now where when they pick somebody, teams probably think that they missed on somebody because – they, they have had some success getting some of those smaller guys. But I'm usually never excited with their first-round pick because it usually always ends in a, in a name that you don't really know. That's fair. That's fair. Definitely the, uh, the long game that they play. Um, but if, if we kind of move forward a little bit, uh, very much a QB draft. Uh, and I feel like every year it's obviously a QB draft. But this year uh, – it's being one of the higher rated drafts. I, I've heard now that we're getting close, they're not as wild as they were, you know, at the start of the college football season and even at the end. And now that we've gotten through all the pre-draft stuff, you, you know, you've got five at the top. You've got uh, Trevor Lawrence, obviously. Then after that, it's kind of a muck of Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, uh, oh, shoot, uh, Justin Fields, Fields Mac Jones, Jones, you know, and so – there's just this huge clump of four others. And then you may throw in a, a sixth or a seventh in the early second round, just because it seems like it's a quarterback uh, happy draft class. What, what are your guys' thoughts on that? I mean, yeah, quarterback super important in today's football. Uh, but if you're getting the second, third, fourth, what's the difference between the number three, number two quarterback and the number seven, eighth quarterback that you'd be getting in the fourth round traditionally? It's funny because, like, you'll read things and listen to things and you'll hear, like, the 49ers. They were all about fields for a while. And then they decided that they favored Mac Jones. And now they're thinking that they favored Trey Lance. Well, what is, like, what is changing their mind over the course of the last three months? And why all of a sudden was the one guy that they thought they were trying to target now not their favorite? And there's another guy that, that they're trying to target. I just think – quarterback position is so difficult and you don't really know which guys are going to work out. So when you have a chance to take one of the top two or three, you just take them and hope. I agree. I think you got to, if you got a guy who can come in and be impactful, do it. And, and you always do like what Danny said here, people super high on this quarterback, then they're excited about somebody else. And, you know, there's so much of the smokescreen game and everything, I think, among teams trying to put out feelers there. And then maybe somebody else says, well, that's the guy I wanted. Maybe we can trade for them. So I wonder how much that happens. Um, and, yeah, if you can find that one person who can – even if he only gets you a season, you know, even, even if he only gets you a couple seasons, me being a fan of a team who – has only one Super Bowl year and Carson Wentz had that one good year. We tried it a lot to get up to it, but I will never forget that Super Bowl year. It could be some real crummy things going on in life. And this sounds stupid to say, but uh, like I, I will probably, I think of the Super Bowl multiple times every day. And anytime like something bad happens or just life happens, you know, in my mind, it pops into my mind. At least I got to see that Eagles Super Bowl. Um, 
there's a couple other things real quick I was just going to throw out there real fast. Shout out to Tyce Chrome, who replied back to our Twitter question on what is he or what people are excited about for the draft. And then he said uh, Fields and Lance. Uh, he was wondering if maybe they could drop down and go to a better team. I'm assuming he's not talking about the Eagles who traded back to number 12 uh, as being a good team. But uh, he was more making reference to maybe the, the Patriots and seeing uh, one of those guys dropping down to Bill Belichick and seeing what he can do. So I did want to kind of throw that in there too for this. Yeah, just to further your point, look at Peyton Manning could be, be governor of Colorado now. And just after the few seasons that he played for the Broncos and got got the Super Bowl. And that's, to me, how much having your quarterback matters. And I don't, I don't it, there's so much disagreement over who, well, other than Lawrence, maybe, but who knows what will happen with him. So much disagreement and uncertainty that I think if one of those top two or three guys is there, you, you have to take them just now, just in case they're the one. The crummy part about it, though, is is I would much rather be three, four, five, or six because I'm not going to, you know, the Jets. The Jets have drafted a quarterback in the top two or three every every two or three years, and then they just, well, that didn't work, so we'll try it again. And it's like it's at some points about what system you run, who you've got around them. And shoot, like now, yeah, Andrew Luck made the Colts an, an obvious contender right away. You know, Peyton Manning had a rough first year, but then catapulted the Colts. And like very r- rarely does a quarterback become that game changer when they're in a, in a tough situation. And at that point, I'd much rather be number three, four, or five, and people are trained up to get me because you're going to be in a much better situation. If you would have told me Wentz in year two was taking the Eagles to a Super Bowl, I would have said you're crazy, you know, but it really, you can build a team so fast nowadays compared, like you mentioned Peyton Manning with the Colts and it kind of took a while to get some pieces. It's not necessarily that much harder of a build anymore. I think Uh, just the way that offenses are. And if you get that special guy, a quarterback who, who can make the right throws and has little mobility, can make a few things happen. In a short window, you can kind of catch lightning in a bottle and have a special season, you know, and, and hopefully get that done before the quarterback gets too expensive on the salary cap, you know, and then you can always start looking for that person's replacement or figuring out how to finance them for the long run. Did Carson Wentz take – take the Eagles to a Super Bowl? It's a good question. The Eagles, the Eagles go to the Super Bowl and Carson Wentz was most of the time their quarterback. I think he was probably, up until the injury, I thought worthy of MVP. You know what I mean? Like he had a pretty phenomenal year. Um, and then right at the game versus the Rams uh, where he got hurt, uh, that, yeah, it was the Rams. Um that got him to the playoffs. And then the next game that Foles won, I think against the Giants, that locked him the first round. So even though I'm not really a fan of his anymore because he's not on my team, not because of it, anything of him personally, just I hate anybody who's not on the Eagles team. Um, because of that, I'm still giving him that credit. Now, I also feel, and in, in a lot of Eagle fans don't note it or don't acknowledge this, 
they lost the game to the Seahawks. They were struggling against the Rams when he was playing. We struggled um, against, I think, the the Chargers earlier. Like, there was some rough games going towards the end. And then um, he gets hurt. And then I think Foles coming in late in the year. All of a sudden, we're running a totally different offense. And I think – I feel like, in a weird way, had – because of him, we got there. But had he played through the end, we wouldn't have won the Super Bowl, if that makes mm. sense. Because yeah. it was just a fluky – well, now this quarterback's in and we're running a different system now. And uh, You know, and Brandon, not to, not to focus too much on Carson Wentz, but history repeated itself that year because when he was at North Dakota State, he won a national championship where he played most of the season, got hurt late, and the backup quarterback finished the job and won the national championship. And so, you know, again, who was it because of Carson Wentz getting him there or was it because of the team and Carson Wentz just happened to be driving the bus the first few games? I think it's like baseball. You, ever have a... you need the starter and the closer. Carson's your starter, <laughs> and then you need that guy who can win your last four games and be your closer. When it matters most. I was going to say, if you ever have a really tough jar to open, you let him just get it started. <laughs> That's a great And then he hands it back to you, and then you're like, oh, see? No problem. <laughs> He's the listener. I, <laughs> I have a couple of points here. The first one goes to what Andy was saying about how he'd rather be the third or fourth quarterback taken. And, and typically it is a good point because you, you say like, oh, I don't want to go to to one of the bad teams. But if you look at the draft order now, uh, the Jaguars, okay, they're I think they're pretty bad, but – you look at the Jets, as bad as the Jets have been, I think they have talent. Then you have the 49ers picking three. The Falcons picking four as a guy who's a Saints fan. Um, there's no team over the last two or three years that I've been more afraid of. It's just kind of like a sleeping giant than the, than the Falcons Vikings. because they have the most – they have the most athletic defense that just happens to be bad at the moment. But – as soon as they ever figure it out, they're the fastest defense in the league. And then they have the type of skill position players that scare you anytime the ball is going in their general direction. And so knowing that they have a, a high pick kind of worries me. And then even uh, at pick six, if you look at the Dolphins, I think the Dolphins have a lot of really good players. And because they've kind of fleeced some teams over in some trades recently – they have a lot of picks, so not only do they have – Dolphins might be getting pretty good. Pretty yeah, soon. not only do they have some people already in place, they have a lot of picks to fill in. So I don't know if they're drafting a quarterback per se since they just had Tua, but, like, that's not a team that I would, I would not want to be a part of. Like, to me, the teams in the middle are actually the ones that I, I would want to avoid just in terms of kind of what they have coming back, but – the reason why I think this draft is so interesting is because there are some teams that should be pretty good that are adding some, some top level talent. I'll also just finish with this. And there's been a lot of just articles and people talking about it uh, since everybody seems to think that this is going to be a very draft heavy first round or first two rounds. It's like a scientific fact almost that it's pretty much a 50, 50 chance on taking a high pick and getting a quarterback that's actually worth anything. And I've seen on Twitter the last few days, 
because it's I think it's been 10 years or 12 years or something since Cam Newton was picked number one. And Sports Illustrated had Cam Newton, Jake Locker, and Blaine Gabbert all on the cover. And the headline was the toughest decision of the whatever, whatever draft. So even if you take that, and I bet it's the same in almost every single draft class, the people, especially quarterbacks who they think are kind of that, could be that next guy, all tend to flame out. Like Cam has been good, but the other two have been absolutely terrible. So even if you get this quarterback, again, you're looking at a 50-50 chance on whether or not it even works out. Shoot, look at look at the Seahawks. They, they got uh, Matt Flynn in free agency and draft Russell Wilson in the fourth round. And then uh, – the, the Redskins just drafted Robert Griffin, the third, number one overall, and then picked Kirk Cousins like in the fourth or fifth round. And that, that actually was probably an anomaly because both of those guys ended up actually being pretty good for him. So I think it's it, it's always fun to, to see your team draft a quarterback because it always gives you hope for the future. But uh, it's it's never a guaranteed hope. Even even drafting Trevor Lawrence, he's, he's flat out said, and I know he's came back and kind of uh, retracted some of his statements, but he's supposed to be this once in a generation quarterback. And he told a reporter that he doesn't even really like football. So do you run the risk? He's of drafting Danny Cannell. Him? Yeah. Do you run the risk of drafting him and uh, kind of having an Andrew Luck situation where it's a shooting star for four or five years and it's awesome. And then he just decides that he wants to go do something else. I think it just goes to show how, freaking difficult it is to be an NFL quarterback and not only do you have to be a great quarterback but you also have to be in a system that fits you so I I, I heard someone say one time that there's 32 NFL teams and there's probably like 26 or 28 really good quarterbacks that most teams would want as their starter so if you don't have one of those 26 guys you got to take a chance just just in case yeah. And well, and it's it's just funny because it's we're only talking about the quarterback uh, position. You can be the number one, whatever, any other position really, and you could slide just because a team needs, and you'll still like, land. Who would on you a say is the team. number one running? Who's the number one running back in the draft? Najee Harris. Yeah, and they're probably he's probably is he even projected like first round? I'd say early in the from, second round. Yeah. So I would say somewhere from 28, uh, whenever they take him in the second and, round. And I would, I would say the top receivers, the top running backs, they're probably equally boomer bust 50, 50. But if you're running back or receiver, you can make mistakes on the field and kind of goes unnoticed. But if you're a quarterback, you're limited to very few number of mistakes you can make before everyone wants you benched and wants, you know, Teddy Bridgewater in. Now, and Brandon, you guys obviously took wins. Were you excited when that draft happened? And obviously you might have been because you're crazy enough and watch a million different games that you probably actually knew a lot about them. But, like, I'm looking at this mock draft and, and Zach Wilson goes number two. And then it has uh, even Trey Lance going later or, like, on these guys that you just flat out haven't seen 
are you just getting excited because your team's drafting a quarterback, so you're assuming that they're good? Um, because if, if my team drafted Zach Wilson, like, I'd probably fall – I would end up liking him, but – Oh, but you got Jameis. You don't need any – you don't need a quarterback. And that's why I'm not worried about this, because regardless of, of whatever people think about Jameis, I, I at least know what he is capable of, and I've seen him in big moments and in college. He won national championships – and he's got talent galore. So, like, I have experience with Jameis Winston. I would say that very few people have much of an experience with Zach Wilson. Would you say Jameis is one of the top 28 quarterbacks in the NFL? Easily. I think he's better than – I bet uh, he could have been better statistically than Drew Brees last year just because Drew Brees was hurt and lower. But what what do you think, Brandon? Uh, For me – when they made that trade, I was not happy uh, just because I wasn't fully on board with them getting rid of Chip Kelly. He had two 10-win seasons, and then he had a seven-win season. So then bringing in Doug Peterson, you know, and, and then I thought, well, what are we going to do here? Uh, and and we not that Sam Bradford was not good. Okay, I understand that. But he wasn't the reason why we were losing, you know. So actually, in a screwy way, what I really wanted the Eagles to do that year, uh, I wanted them to draft Zeke Elliott. And then I thought then later we would have a chance to get Dak Prescott later on, you know, as somebody who could maybe learn behind Sam Bradford. And then, lo and behold, like the Cowboys did it. And uh, then I was like, well, that's talk about your all time. Sucking things. Hey, but, I've uh, got an idea. Oh, so, the Cowboys yeah. did it. Oh, I, hey, you're I Cowboys fan is what you're saying. Well, no, now I then I had to take back <laughs> everything I ever said good about those players. So I was not personally excited about the Carson Wentz, and I was less excited about Goff, and I was really scared about the Rams taking Wentz, and then we'd have Goff. I didn't want either one though, but I I wanted Wentz a little bit more than the two. But I would have rather have not traded all this stuff, get a good running back, because I thought normally you don't draft a running back in the first round, but I thought Zeke Elliott would help us out because we needed a, an up-and-down runner, you know, somebody other than the guys we had who just weren't getting it done. And then just getting some weapons. I wanted to get weapons around, see what Sam Bradford could do, and then and then kind of go from there is what I would have Probably. I forget where where did Zeke Kelly go to college at? He went to Ohio State, and oh. I was and so it was a tough pill for me to swallow to want to bring him fresh off of the annihilating of the Ducks in the in the national championship game, and hating Ohio State. But you know, once they once they leave that college and they play for the Eagles, I start doing some backtracking. And just like if there's a player I liked in college and they go and play for the Cowboys or they go play for the Giants or the football team of Washington, I have to start, you know, hating those people. So it's it's the tough part about being a being so invested in some college teams and then also an NFL team. And then it's like you were like a brother to me and now you're dead. Now you're dead to me. So I, I have that relationship with my fanhood of those players. 
All right, moving forward with it. Uh, and, and Danny, I think I want to start with you. Um, yeah. Because I, I think the Broncos, I mean, everybody loves a good pre-draft trade, right? Um, and, and, and Danny, maybe your, your take's going to be a little different than Brandon and Kyle's. But what do you think is Denver's biggest need? And maybe that doesn't affect the trade today, and maybe it alludes to it a little bit. What does Denver need to draft? Maybe with number one, their number what nine, nine, ninth pick. Nine. Yep. Ninth pick. Um, and then who is a prospect that maybe you saw on a Saturday? They're like, that's who Denver needs to pick. So two question, two part question: What do they do with the ninth pick? Is it affected because of today's? amazing trade to get a, a starting caliber quarterback and two who is the ideal pick whether it's nine whether it's 197 whenever they pick in the fifth round or whatever who's a guy who caught your eye on Saturday that you wish would be a Bronco yeah I'll start with that um either Travis Etienne or either of the I can't even think of it North Carolina running backs names Carter I think those, or yeah those are guys that maybe could come later that you just snag. And I think they could end up working out uh, for the Broncos, but. Cause they got uh, rid of a, Lindsay, right? Yep. Lindsay's gone. They have Melvin Gordon still, I think for this year, but I feel like they maybe need, need another running back. I wouldn't put that as the top need, but shoot, I don't even know what the top need is just better players. <laughs> um, it's Best it's been a stressful lead up to the draft because because of where we're at quarterback wise and anytime you're in that conversation of your team needs a quarterback and who are some prospects, who are some guys that you could probably get. Um, apparently they, they tried to trade basically nothing for Matthew Stafford a while back. Um, the Bridgewater thing was being talked about um, several weeks ago. And I actually think if we would have traded a sixth round pick for Teddy Bridgewater like a month ago, I would have been excited and thought, okay, now we got two quarterbacks that can, that can fight it out to be a mediocre starter. But then after all the talk in the last couple of weeks about how they're trying to find a way to get fields or maybe Lance. And w once you start throwing those top, top five quarterbacks and your NFL team's names in, in the same sentence, then I think you naturally just, just start to get excited. So I don't even know. Um, I'd like to say I trust, I, I trust what the Broncos are going to do, but they got a new guy in charge. It's not Elway anymore. Um, so I think that's why everybody that's writing articles has a different take. And do you guys look at like every mock draft just to scroll down to see who your team's going to take? Do you do that? So like every, every mock draft I look at, has somebody different any anywhere from uh who's the Penn State linebacker I think it's Parsons is his last name um to a quarterback just everybody's got something different and to sum it up I would love to have Justin Fields as a Bronco I think that'd be awesome just a spark and some excitement for our team um given the trade that they just made for Bridgewater I don't really see that happening I would rather have them actually trade away the ninth pick and just get more picks later and just stock up dudes. Just grab as many dudes as you can, 
you don't know who's going to work out. If you get four picks and, and one of the guys ends up being an impact player, I think that's a pretty good deal. So uh, I don't know. I just want us to get better, honestly. I want to make the playoffs. That's it. I just, I just want to continue to, to point out the hypocrisy just when I hear it come at me full blast. So uh, I'm well, not an Ohio State fan, but I – I have been riding with them in the playoffs the last two years while uh, my fellow podcasters have been uh, just crucifying me for it and telling me uh, all of these anti-Ohio State comments. And I just want everybody well, to, to listen. Fault. I just want everybody to understand that Brandon uh, was really hoping that uh, the Eagles would draft Ezekiel Elliott and that Danny, uh, Mr. Clemson himself uh, just said that he would really love Justin Fields to uh, bring some excitement to the team. So uh, I just want to continue to make sure people are, are taking notes at home. I mean, did you notice the first name I said, though? No, all I heard was the Ohio State guy. Tra Travis Etienne was the first first name I said. Yeah, if, if the Broncos take <laughs> uh, the second or third most uh, highest rated running back with the ninth pick. <laughs> I no, think no, not, you're, not, not you're going to be destined to continue not to be great. God, but You must be tired. You're not even hearing anything I say. <laughs> I said trade away the ninth pick. Back it yeah. up. Just get some dudes. That's some what I dude. want my team to have. Some dudes. I do think that's if you, if you had like just a blank slate to start with, I think you're better off on your rebuild drafting all of the kind of uh, accessory pieces around and almost trying to make the quarterback the last piece that you get. Because yeah. uh, if you can have all of these stud skill guys and build your defense up and then like bring in that quarterback is kind of the missing piece. I think you set that franchise quarterback up a lot better than if he's your first piece. This that's exactly my Drew Lock take. Like for ever since the end of the season, I'm like, well, let let's give him a, another season, let's build around him a little bit and just see what he can do. But then literally the moment that Lance and Fields and Broncos were mentioned together, then I just completely changed my my outlook. Like I, I want one of those guys. <laughs> uh, Brandon, what are you hoping with uh, for the number twelve? I mean, over the past year, he's only mentioned about 55 different guys yeah, no. that he's already drafted, including <laughs> yeah. coaches. You would have thought that the first 45 picks would have all been Eagles by how many first-round picks he's mentioned. Uh, and can, can I just say before I, before Brandon gets to talk that your coach is kind of weird? Oh, yeah. And he's going to have good systems, though. Good systems. <laughs> he's definitely... Good systems means mind takeover. He has some good sound bites, and uh, I'm interested to see how long it takes. He's going to have to learn quick around the Philadelphia media, or he's going to get run out of town because every, people talk about him now. Oh, so now he's using rock, paper, scissors uh, on Zoom to, you know, instead of organized training activities. And he reminds, he's like a poor man's John Gruden is what he reminds me of just the way he talks. And 
going to high school football clinics, hearing the guy up in front go over film, he reminds me of 99% of those people that who talk in front of everyone else at a clinic. And football I, guys. I like him. Yeah. And I think he's a good teacher. But I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work in the veteran locker room, you know, and, and to me is a curious hire. I mean, nobody else wants, wants to work there in that front office and with that organization, just because of all the news reports coming out about, they, they said they treated Doug Peterson like he was a baby and questioned everything he did um, after every week, you know, even after the Super Bowl season and, and in the mo and they get rid of Chip Kelly when he started wanting more control. Doug Peterson comes in, he's our he's our yes man. And then pretty soon Doug says, I'd like to have a little more say. Oh, sorry, Doug, you're gone. And then they bring in uh they bring in this guy and he'll be a, a good yes man, I'm sure. And and I think he's smart, you know, and he just he doesn't, you know, uh Deuce Staley was who a lot of people wanted and do Staley their running back coach and, and co-offensive coordinator, even though he never got to call plays and he could command a room. They said, and even when anytime there was an interview and you hear do Staley talk, it was something real good, you know, and, and you're kind of inspired. And then they get this guy and they said, because he interviewed so well. And I thought there's no way, but anyway, so uh, going to go getting away from all that. Uh, I have a little, my little draft board here for the for the Eagles. Actually, more just their their starting lineup, because I was trying to think what position. You know, we're at this point. We have so many holes. At about any position, if is even if we did a a, a poll on Twitter saying who should we draft. And we went with what the audience said. We're probably going to improve any of the players on our team. Aside from the offensive line. I, I would say the Eagles have a very good offensive line. And Jeff Stoutland, their offensive line coach, I think is maybe the best offensive line coach in the NFL. Uh, but other than that, wide receiver, I would say they're like an F. You got Travis Fulgham, Greg Ward, and Jalen Rager. And you got J.J. Ortega-Whiteside if you want to throw in the fourth guy. You know, we could have had Metcalf and we could have had uh, Jefferson. And we passed over them for Rager and Ortega-Whiteside. Nice. So, uh, you know, I I would be happy with the wide receiver at 12. If Devontae Smith dropped down to us, I would be happy with that. You know, and I've heard the Eagles aren't happy with him because of the size. Yet we bring Deshaun Jackson in. Thanks for the three plays, bro, in, in your two seasons. Like two touchdowns, another big play, and then just a, he's hurt all the time. But then we're not going to bring in um, Smith, who runs great routes in, in SEC defenses. The premier college football conference in, in the world Super League. is right there. And you got Devontae Smith being a great player from the great – from the great team of Alabama and uh, just nobody could stop him. Nobody could stop him. So I, I would be happy with him um, that Patrick Sertain, if he dropped down to him, but I, I think the Cowboys are maybe going to take him. And I think 
the Giants are probably going to take Devontae Smith, which is why I don't know why they traded. If you're going to trade down, fine. But then you're trading down right behind the Cowboys and the Giants. So whoever they get and is, and is destroying us for the next five years or so, it's, it's rough for me to uh, – I think we're going to get anybody better than them that that they're going to miss. So I would say go with corner if the best is available for that. Um, I would say go for wide receiver if you can. Um, tight end, I don't know if they're going to trade Zach Ertz during this or, or keep Dallas Goddard. My dream would have been to have Kyle Pitts if, if they would have uh, been at number six still. So I don't know. I would, I would go wide receiver like Devontae Smith if he's available. Uh, Patrick Sertain or that dude from uh, South Carolina. I like him as well. And I heard that the Eagles are high on that defensive end from uh, Michigan. Pay? Quitty Pay or whatever his name is? Yeah. So, I mean, he would fit the bill, a guy who's, who's explosive by measurement but his technique is not very good. So he would probably do nothing for us for about three years. And then on contract year, he'll get awesome. And then we'll have to pay a bunch of money for him, um, which kind of sucks. So hopefully I, you know, I, it's a weird, I keep rambling on about this. I don't know who I want the Eagles to draft. It's to me, I'm guessing it's going to be defensive end or corner, maybe a wide receiver because those wide receivers are pathetic. Like looking at that, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing as an Eagle fan to see Travis Fulgham, Greg Ward, Jalen Rager is our explosive targets. That is pretty bad. Jalen Hurts to throw to. I mean, that sucks, man. So, uh, you know, somebody else like Devontae Smith, I think is an instant plug and play guy. And that's our Deshaun Jackson who takes the top off of, off of the – off of the defense. We were 31st in the league in yards per pass play. And I'm all about running the ball, but we didn't make up for it with our explosive run game either. So you got to get, you got to get some kind of a weapon. If it, if it's up to me where we're at, Devonte Smith, if we can get him or somebody like that. Yeah. And when Danny was talking about, the mock drafts and, and how everybody's different. Uh, the farther you go down, kind of the the farther range of uh, variation you have. So uh, because I am a fan of the, the best team of the pod, I do have the, the last pick of the four. Um, and so when I kind of take a look at who the Saints are slotted to take or even just who I would want. It, it's so hard because you have no idea of who's still going to be there. I I do kind of hope that there's somebody that's in that top tier that starts to slide. But even if they do, the Saints probably aren't going to take them because I, I do think that they're, they're the type of team that has a, a very set plan going into, into the draft. And, uh, they like to be prepared. And so one of the reasons why I think they end up taking guys that maybe not a lot of people would ever think about is because they probably slot somebody that they just absolutely know is going to be there at the end of the first round. And 
they just start building their mind around what they can do well and not what they do bad. And so it's so hard. I would love to, to be up in that top half of the draft. So you could maybe get one of those big playmakers on the outside in terms of a receiver threat, because I think if they learned anything last year is that uh, Michael Thomas as one of the best receivers in the league is, is, probably closer to the end than it is to the beginning. And I think especially without Breeze just being able to be super accurate and pinpoint, they need some some talent out there. And they've never really replaced Ted Ginn Jr. as kind of the deep threat. But making a big draft day splash is just not in the Saints repertoire. So I'm assuming they're just going to get defensive help and – I'm not going to know who they are. Now, Kyle, real quick, since Breeze has officially retired, does New Orleans pick a third, fourth, fifth-round quarterback that they can kind of at least mold maybe a little bit after a Breeze, or um, are they content with uh, their do-it-all athlete? Gosh, I just blanked on his name. Who's their backup? Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill, thank you. You, you guys think I'm joking, but Jameis Winston is 27 years old and is the number one draft pick, like, what, five, six years ago and has had multiple seasons of throwing 5,000 yards and has multiple seasons of throwing 30 touchdown passes. Like, well, Have you I, looked I, at the interceptions stat? There's another stat for interceptions. Again, like when, when they throw it to the other team. When Tom Brady was running Bruce Arians' offense, he also had a bunch of interceptions at the start of the year. But then when they started to shift into an offense that Tom Brady was more accustomed to, his interceptions dropped dramatically. So if you're telling me that Jameis Winston has the arm talent and he's in Sean Payton's system where he's going to be able to put him in spots to be successful, I guarantee you – like. Jameis Winston is going to have over 30 touchdowns. If he's the starting quarterback for the majority of the games, he's going to have over 30 touchdown passes and less than 15 interceptions. Well, 30 that's, touchdown that's, that's pass. Not my... Hang on, I'm writing this down. <laughs> less than 15 interceptions? Yep. Okay. Now, Kyle, that's not my – my question is, are they going to have – are they okay with Taysom Hill being the backup? And like if, well, yeah, if They've been okay with him being the backup for Drew Brees all these years when – they knew Drew Brees was had a, the chance of getting hurt. They're going to be fine with him now. Like, so does Andy, everyone, knew, everyone knew that was the question. Kyle was just using that as an opportunity to back up his boy because he <laughs> somehow he feels well, so, like offended. But are they going to? Are, is he still going to be the personal protector on punt? Is he still going to be a a receiver and a slot back and H back, whatever letter you put in front of it? Because they had Jameis, so they had three options. Do they draft or sign a, a quarterback to be the emergency? Because, I mean, they're one tackle away from James being out and having only Taysom. And Taysom's kind of the utility quarterback. Does he Is he good enough to be a pocket passer if, if need be? Well, I'm, I'm not probably going to spend too much time on who's going to be the Saints' third-string quarterback. But well, it was I, it was uh, – Jameis Winston last year. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. <laughs> but when Breeze was out, didn't Taysom Hill start those three games? If if it came down to it, they knew that 
Drew Brees wasn't coming back, Jameis Winston would have been throwing and being the quarterback. Like there is a reason why in the game that Drew Brees got hurt, they went to Jameis Winston and not Taysom Hill. So no, I, I'm not too concerned about that because any team in the NFL, if you lose your starting quarterback, your season is, is probably not going to be a successful one. So if, if Jameis Winston gets hurt and then they have to play Taysom Hill and then he gets hurt, then the saints are going to suck anyway. So um, no, I'm, I'm actually excited if it's if it's Jameis Winston from day one. And the nice thing about it is, like I said, he's 27 years old and he can still be their quarterback for 10 years. Like uh, a quarterback with his talent and his past success is, doesn't come available that many times. So, nope, I'm excited. I feel like there's a breakfast burrito about ready to bet to happen there, Danny, as you write down these statistics. Well, Danny's been so anti-Jameis. I'm like, geez. I'm I'm actually not. I I was one of the first people to tell you that when he played in whatever game that was, I thought he looked like he's going to be a sweet quarterback. Yeah, like I said, I he wears number two, which is what Aaron Brooks wore way back in the day when I kind of really started liking the Saints. And like I said, I I love Drew Brees, but it, it'll be nice to kind of see. Sean Payton have the vertical passing game in his in his bag of tricks again, which is why I would really love a a big trade to get them up into that into that I don't know ten to fifteen range, but that's not what oh. they do, and they'll try to pro- probably find guys that fit that mold that just don't have the name recognition. Just to be clear, what I'm trying to do is is manipulate. Kyle's excitement for Jameis from he's exciting that he's excited that this guy's his starting quarterback to like I want it ballooned up to Kyle at some point saying that he's like going to win the MVP or something of, of the oh, season. No. But here here's my question to you, Danny. Would you be more excited right now if I told you, hey, you're going to draft Trey Lance, or hey, you have Jameis Winston as your starting quarterback? Which one would I'd get you more, more excited that your team's going to be that much closer oh, to James. success? Hundred percent. So. Yeah, I, I honestly think he when you said top because 20, I'm one of the I'm one of those four te- four teams in the NFL that doesn't have a good starting quarterback. Yeah, I, to me he's definitely in the top half of NFL quarterbacks without having without yeah. playing for the last two years. Uh, let's get to Andy's team because I it should be noted that he didn't pick a favorite NFL team. It's been about a year now. So it's how's been 364 fandom? days. Do you actually feel like you care about the Titans now, or is it still blossoming? I do. No, I'm, like, not, I'm not asking if you made a spreadsheet or something. I'm saying this is, I'm talking about emotions. Yeah, like do you actually feel like they you care about your playoffs? <laughs> you know, it was one of those deals. I listened to every game. Like, I if they were on TV, I watched every game. I I That was the one thing that at least COVID gave me is a appreciation for – I'm going to go all in on one team. I listen to a daily Tennessee Titan podcast and I feel like, um, yeah, am I upset when they lose? Yeah. Not as much as probably people in Nashville, but you know, I, I felt that I needed to pick a team and last year was the perfect time, especially uh, watching the draft with all you guys. And, and I, and I think I'm all in, I, I went all in with some gear and, and I like wearing that uh, off blue, that baby blue. 
Let me ask you this question because I think this will be telling. What makes you mad about your team? What upsets you? What are you frustrated by? Uh, they can't defend the pass. Okay. See, yeah, they, have a, they have a terrible secondary. All right. If you, you're you're a true fan, if there's something right away that comes to mind, so what's your should draft say, expectations? Then? Should I say coaching? Uh, <laughs> they, they <laughs> yeah, well, right. usually it's coaching. They they give it to Derrick Henry way too much because that'd be idiocracy right there. Um, you know, uh, I, I kind of feel like I'm between Kyle and Brandon on on that meter of what do you do because they need help on the on the D line. They run a three four and. Uh, yeah, they signed Bud Dupree as a DN, but he just tore his ACL last year, and um, it, and he he's kind of had an up and down career. Cornerback and safety obviously need help. They gave up like the 30th most passing yards in the league last year. Um, but at the same time, offensively, 30th would be really good if they gave up the 30th most. That means they're the second best. Oh well, you know, words are not my thing. So uh, they gave up the second. Or the fourth most, I guess it would have been. But uh, but then on the offensive side, they have Derrick Henry. A.J. Brown uh, is kind of proven to be a, a go-to receiver, a stud. And I feel like Ryan Tannehill is just good because we don't ask him to do too much. And so adding a, a wide receiver at that 20-second pick wouldn't be bad. But at the same time, though, you know, they need so much help defensively. Um, I've got like four or five names highlighted that I wish they would pick. Um, but again, kind of like what Kyle was saying, it all depends who's left. And at that point, I don't really care if you're reaching for the third or fourth best corner when they're going to be there at 52 or whatever they pick in the second round. Um, ideally, you know, they everybody's thrown around Rashad Bateman from Minnesota, who was kind of a stud his sophomore and junior year. Um, Elijah Moore from Ole Miss, who I think could be a second round pick. Um, but, you know, I, I think they've got to go corner or safety with that first first overall pick or that 22nd first round pick. Can you do me a favor? Because you and I are going to be on the sidelines tomorrow while the draft starts coaching a soccer game. Could you just come over and whisper in my ear each time a pick is made and just let me know what team picked which guy? Do you want me to go like – like like the draft <laughs> icon and just and then wait a couple of seconds and then flat like have like a sign yeah, and flash make, it make the noise just to get my attention and then i'll be yeah. waiting for the pick should i should i bring the whiteboard so that way i can just write it down <laughs> and then just do it really officially you could act like you're showing me tactics and stuff but really it's just <laughs> I'm sure if, if it's any much of anything like a dogfight, like it was the first time, that's the last thing you want me to do while, <laughs> while we're angry at somebody. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm telling you, I'm really excited for this draft. No, I, and I think the, the one awesome part last year is we had a draft party and we had what, like 10, 12, 13 of, of our, our friends watching it on Zoom last year. So it's kind of cool to have that conversation. This is the only Zoom meeting I've enjoyed in the last year. Yeah. All, all different jerseys too. That was sweet. That was fun. And I, and I think that, that was the coolest part is, you know, we had – there's a little smack talking, but at the same time we had a general conversation about 
you know, what was the why, what was the why to that pick? And it was, it was pretty cool to hear perspectives from a Cincinnati Bengals fan that picked first for the, you know, the, the third straight year. And then uh, <laughs> I felt like, Danny, you had a great – the Broncos had a great draft last year, selecting all those weapons. and Yeah, they were rogue, but getting a bunch of receivers. <laughs> but – but no, as as we kind of wind down, uh, Brandon, do you have an uh, an extra point like we do? What now at seventy eight point five percent of the time we do these, uh, an extra point, Brandon? I do have an extra point, and I cannot emphasize this enough. This has been stressing me out for the past I don't know two weeks or so, with the news with all these. Uh, Kansas Jayhawks sports reporters of the football team with credible names like at Kansas fan one, three, five, seven, two, one. And uh, incredible names like that saying that it's a done deal that Jeff Munkin is going to be their next head coach. And I have to tell you, there are some jobs that are power five and I'm biased towards military Academy football team. So maybe you all can, let me know if I'm out of line. But I think there are some Power 5 jobs that are obviously better than Army, you know. But I think there are some Power 5 jobs that are not better than Army in regards to football, all right. Obviously, Kansas as a program is very good. They're a basketball school. Jeff Munkin, if you're listening, don't go there. You don't want to go and be a football coach at a basketball school. And uh, you sure as heck don't want to go there. Uh, what are you going to do? Look forward to that big Kansas State management or big Kansas State uh, rivalry or whatever? Are you going to look forward to, you know, finishing fifth in the Big 12 and and all that? Or do you want to stay and, and have your big Army-Navy game? I think I'm hoping he just went there as a as an interview, you know, and that it's like – a uh just yeah i have to go there because i'm doing my diligence and whatnot but then i don't think you take that job if ken niamatololo doesn't go to byu and you're jeff munkin don't go to kansas now not right now with this big season coming up with this bit with so many players coming back with the chance to do something really special at army this this next year don't do that Wait, if you really want to go to Kansas, wait a couple more years till it opens up again. All right, because their football team's <laughs> trash, and uh, then you can you can join it then. So stay for Army a little bit longer, Munkin, and uh, and I would appreciate that greatly. Woo. Would Would you be intrigued at all? And I know you just made an impassioned point on why I should stay, but would you be intrigued at all if he took the uh, the flexbone offense to the Big Twelve just to? see how it would do against all the spread of the big 12. I'm glad you asked that because more than anything, I want to see a triple option in the, in the big 12, but then there's this uh, school called the Citadel. Give the Citadel a call. Uh, that's where you operate, Kansas. You're not up there to army football. Give, give the Citadel a call. They run a similar thing. And uh, that's, that's where you, room that's a great question because i do more than anything want to see that and i do i do want to watch that as a football fan i just don't want it to be with with jeff monkey great question. all right danny do you have a 
an extra point here. Well, the last two or three times that I've been available to record this podcast, I've had an extra point, and then you didn't call me, and I actually got nothing tonight. I'm sorry. It's, it's just good fitting. being with you guys again. YouTube is fitting. We uh, oh. last week we made some jokes about how uh, you you were avoiding me because you're getting you know irritated or annoyed that I just wouldn't leave you alone for you know four hours a day Never. with soccer. Never. And honestly, I I just it didn't feel like football stuff the last few months, but it's it, it feels like football topics are back to be available to be talked about. And I know you're throwing your arms up because there is some football going on. And it's spring game Saturday also. Red-white game. White game. Remember last year's red-white game? The ONCA 14. Uh, yeah, and I thought that's what, when they were going to release the new video game. But no, I, I probably won't be too tuned into the, to the spring game, but – I would just like to catch some highlights and just see Husker football out on the field. So, no, it's it's feeling like – I know there's a long ways to go between now and the season, but this is start. This to me is is beginning like the, the off-season for college football, not all of the recruiting stuff that's been going on in the last few months. Kyle, extra point? Uh, so, my extra point is just going to be – uh, kind of just wrapping up what, what we kind of talked about. So uh, I have two mock drafts open, and I just really want you to give me either a thumbs up or a thumbs down if you would have agreed to uh, the the picks that they've made for you or which one you'd prefer or if you'd want them to go somewhere different. So Denver, Denver Broncos at number nine. And this is uh, – I can't remember if it's Mel Kuyper or Todd McShay. Uh, I think this is McShay's. Uh, and I, then I have Peter Schrager, who I think does a lot of good stuff as well. So uh, for the Broncos, you only have one because they actually agree on the uh, on the pick. So Trey Lance at number nine for the Broncos. Danny, would you be for or against that? Absolutely uh, for. Thumbs up for four. Um, all right, Brandon, you either have Patrick Sertain out of Alabama at number 12 or Peter Schrager has Jalen Waddell out of Alabama. Mm. Uh, which one would you prefer or would you like them to go another direction? I would probably prefer Waddle, but I would rather, if this makes sense, I think Waddle would maybe be, would be what I would want, but certain would probably be better for the team is probably what. So I'd, I'd be okay with either one. If the Eagles Both. Make, make either one of those, I, I will be, I'll wake up and be like, man, I wish I didn't have that awesome dream because now I'm going to be disappointed <laughs> in who they actually draft. You know? I'd be happy with either one. Uh, and then, Andy, we have either Elijah Moore from Ole Miss, which I think you mentioned earlier, or Jalen Phillips, who is an edge rusher from Miami. You know, Jalen Phillips uh, has kind of been the, the day one mock guy but since they draft or signed Bud Tupree not too long ago I think that kind of filled that need um Elijah Moore I think they can probably get in the second round he's really good um I don't know if he creeps in the first round so I probably go somewhere different and um either, either. yeah and, and neither um 
if the TCU safety uh, Mulrig is there, that's probably where I would go. Um, or Rashad Bateman, wide receiver, if he's still there. And what then, about Saints? So just to, to play this fun little game and draw it out a little bit more, I'm going to name two, two guys that they have going, and I want you guys to – anybody can shout them out if you have a single clue on where they went to school <laughs> without looking them up. Uh, Zavin Collins. Tulsa. Linebacker from Tulsa. He's one that I want in the second round. He's good. He's huge. He's like six seven. And then Jamin Davis. Jamin Davis oh, is from Jam on. Gosh, I don't know. Kentucky. We and and so I would say I'd prefer him because uh, one of my current favorite players for the Saints is their linebacker Demario Davis, and uh, he's super intense. And I would just love to be able to hear the joke every week about how they're playing the Davis brothers at linebacker, even though they're not related. So I've never heard of either one of them. If the Saints are picking a guy, even though it's not the sexy pick like last year, Patrick Queen from the the LSU Tigers dropped to them and they decided not to take them to get uh, Cesar Ruiz from from Michigan but I have created kind of a, a trust with them that I just know that they're going to steer me in the right direction. So I'll, I'll trust them. And so to end it, you know, the NFL draft has turned into the pinnacle of, you know, for fans having renewed faith. Um, maybe, you know, the, the handful of organizations that still scratch their head every time that that pick comes in in the first round. But for most people, it's that renewed faith. Uh, it's the first step. The second half of free agency picks up after the draft. Will Tampa Bay repeat and w- uh, sing second, or will there be a new team climbing that mountain next year? The journey starts Thursday. Thursday.